Hello, and welcome to Calamity, a podcast about natural and not-so-natural disasters. In each episode, we examine a catastrophic event from world history. We are your hosts, the Coolman Sisters. I'm Jama. I'm Jillian. And I'm Caitlin. And today's uh, disaster is going to be the deadliest blizzard in the history of the world, or the known Whoa. history of the world. Really? Yes, and I know because I already told you guys what I'm talking about, <laughs> and our listeners who have read the title of the episode, that you already know which country <laughs> it's in, but <laughs> I do think it would surprise most people to find out that the deadliest snowstorm in the world was in Iran. Well, they, yeah, it seems to me that if I had to pick, you know, a list of countries that would be unprepared for a blizzard... Yes. Something in the Middle East might be on that list. <laughs> yes. So, I, Russia probably probably prepared. Yeah. Iran yeah. maybe not so much. I bet Russia has had worse blizzards. I don't think but, so. But See, that's a, this is the weird thing. Well, you'll This have is to the tell weird us. thing about maybe. this blizzard. I'll I'll jump into it, of course, but the um the severity of the blizzard is worse than any I've ever heard of, practically. Hmm. Like it was a it was a freak storm. Not only was it in a weird place, it was awful. <laughs> like, hmm. so I'll tell you about it. I mean, it sounds real fun. Now, I it will is. say, I want to say first because I'm a jerk and I'm going to cut you off. That I am so glad that I'm hearing about this story while I'm sitting in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know how I would have dealt hearing this story sitting in Spokane shivering. So thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go outside after we're done and I'm just gonna sit and thaw out. <laughs> Although I think that okay. you are much more likely to be caught in a disaster in Hawaii than you were in Spokane. <laughs> just saying. True. Yeah. <laughs> how prepared are you for a snowstorm there, Caitlin? <laughs> Maybe or a volcano or earthquake or tsunami through the end of this episode else. yeah Shark there's a lot of them okay i'm ready have, don't even have a shovel do you <laughs> um, no i don't <laughs> <laughs> i have a weed whacker would a weed whacker help <laughs> no, probably not no. okay. <laughs> okay the Dates of this event uh, was February 3rd through the 9th in 1972. Um, that's a seven-day period. So it's, it's a whole week of blizzard, wow. which is already yeah. a really long, really bad yeah. storm. Um, and it, I don't know how important this is to the story, but every source seemed to mention it, that the, the previous four years in Iran had been drought years. So... It had been really dry. So this just came out of nowhere. I mean, it wasn't expected. Certainly our weather forecasting wasn't as good in the 70s as it is now, 50 years later. Yeah. Um, but uh, but even so, no one could have really predicted that this would have happened. And, mm -hmm. you know, they hadn't had water in forever. And, so, and then suddenly they had all of this frozen water. It wasn't very helpful. That's not what they needed. Mm. Now, I wanted no. to, to explain, uh, for those of you, uh, I'm going to be talking a little bit about where in Iran things are happening. Pulling up the map. And so, okay. So, it's, I was, would like to compare it to a shape of something, but it's just a amorph amorphous blob. 
Yeah, it really um, <laughs> isn't shaped like something, is it? <laughs> it's not shaped like anything. But the the dry, deserty, flat part of the Middle East that maybe comes to mind when you think Middle East is the southern part along the Persian Gulf and the Gulf of Oman. So southern Iran sits right there on the Gulf. They've got lots of shoreline. Um, to the east, they've got several... Uh, they border several. It borders several countries: Turkmenistan, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and Iraq is over to the west. Mm-hmm. But then at the top of Iran, and I didn't. This is the part that I didn't really know beforehand. There's is the Caspian Sea, mm-hmm. so it actually is bordered at the bottom and the top with with these um, big gulp, big waters. Mm-hmm. One is the Gulf, of course, and the other is a sea. And the Caspian Sea is a salty, as a saltwater lake. Mm-hmm. I don't make, think I knew that. But it's one of those really big ones that shows up on the map. Yeah. <laughs> like It's like the Black Sea, um, which is right next to it. Which is yes. kind of right next that to whole, that the, area the Mediterranean. Of the world has a yeah. yeah. So the Caspian and then so along that part of Iran, the northern part of Iran is actually basically considered subtropical. So they do get a relatively good amount of like it's not deserty at all there. It's mm-hmm. nice there. Um, and there's a couple of mountain ranges along the the north and the west side of the country. Mm-hmm. So and in the mountains they do get snow regularly. Um, their tallest mountain is eighteen thousand five eighteen thousand four hundred feet four hundred and five feet tall. That's uh, Mount Damavand. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> Um, so 18,405 feet, that's, I compare everything to Mount Rainier, <laughs> which is just, a, just over 14,000 feet. So they have a taller mountain than we okay. do. Oh, okay. Um, but even that mountain, I believe, well, that mountain, uh, has, has some glaciers and things that last all year, but most of their mountains will, even if they're as high as like 13,000 feet, they're going to melt all the snow will melt off in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they'll get some snow, but it's not like we have like round year round snow capped peaks. Got it. Cause of just cause of where they are in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it does snow in Iran is what I'm saying. It's not like they've never seen a snowflake, but it doesn't really ever snow in these areas and certainly not in these amounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you about that. Um, all right. The, Snowstorm hits February 3rd and it starts dumping. Um, where did I have it? I want to say it's an average over the course of the week, that seven day period, it dumps an average of four feet of snow per day. Whoa. For an entire week. That's a lot of snow, even so, for us where we get snow. Yeah. It's four feet. And the next day you have eight feet and the next day yeah. you have 12 yeah. feet and the next day you have 16 and it's not done yeah. yet. Yeah. So it, it topped out. Um, I should stay on the right page. It topped out at about 26 feet of snow. And, um, be- and oh yeah, because this all happened sequentially, it obviously didn't have a chance to melt off. So people no. are, like stuck inside there i'm sure you're going to get to it i'm sorry i'm jumping ahead but i'm immediately thinking of all the snow 
at mom and dad's house and how you would have to like dig yourself out <laughs> from that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to get to it. I'm and sorry, they don't have but... shovels. They only have weed whackers. So <laughs> they're not prepared for that. Yeah. Crazy. No, you're exactly right. It, it, first of all, um, they're not that prepared to handle cold weather. And it was also very, very cold. Um, like 13 degrees below Fahrenheit, I believe. Hmm. Um, and of course the snow has knocked out all of the power lines mm -hmm. uh, in the seventies. Most of the power lines uh, were still above ground. Now we've moved a bunch of them underground, uh -huh. but at this time um, they were, so they were one of the first things to go. So people have no heat. Um, it's so cold. They don't really have water. They can't get medical attention because nobody can get to right. you. Um, no snow plows. And the, no, they don't have snow plows. So it was just a, it was just a catastrophe. Wow. It was a, you guys, it was, it was a calamity. Was it? <laughs> was it really? What? It really sounds like it. Um, so it ended up, uh, so the expected, no, the approximate number of deaths is 4,000. Um, obviously, because that's a nice round number, that's not an exact count. That's, I don't think anyone ever did an exact count, or in any case, the numbers were never released to the West. Mm -hmm. um, so, and that's, what, that's countrywide, right? Because this this happened, yes. this, like the blizzard hit the entire country. Um, I'm get I'm getting the sense it wasn't just a localized little area of the of the um, country, right? It hit an area about the size of Wisconsin. Hmm. Okay. Um, and it just sat there it, for which a is week. Not, like it, it just seems not, weird that yes. weather pattern. Yeah. I mean, may, I mean, I guess it does that in some places of the world where something, some weather pattern, it just sits on top of one particular place. But I think of the weather as constantly moving. You know, at least where I live, yeah. I mean, we've had these clouds coming and going all day, and it's been like kind of thinking it's going to rain, and then the sun kind of comes out. Like it's just constantly. I yeah. mean, we have blue sky storm days doesn't for weeks, but we never have a storm that just sits there for for days on end. Well, and I think that was that was maybe also because of where they were. I mean, they were getting cold air coming down and really, really warm air coming up. And oh, they were like at the they were just like fighting the, against each yeah. other, hmm. <laughs> and there was nowhere mm -hmm. for them to go except to crash into each other and form this massive storm. Well, I like here how Wikipedia so, says that. Uh, you know, that dump more than uh, almost 10 feet of snow across rural areas in northwestern, central, and southern Iran. I'm like, well, that's kind of yes. like the whole country except maybe the east. But, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was going to say, yeah, it's not the entire country. Well, but pretty much. No, it was mostly. It was okay. most of it. Um, and yeah, like Jim has said, it, it'll say um, 10 feet of snow in some areas The the 26 feet was in some areas. So it, right, it varied. Right. It wasn't every single place. Okay. But um, cars were crushed. Trains were entombed. Uh, and the, the main story is these people in their homes, especially in scattered villages in rural Iran. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a village that maybe had 100 people living in it. And then, you know, down the road is another village with 100 people in it. Um, there were about 200 villages that were just completely wiped off no the map. One, no like, one was left. Well, 
there were only there's only two where they confirmed there was literally no survivors mm-hmm. but wow um, but the te- but the villages were wiped off the map anyway i mean the when they went to to do a rescue mission mm-hmm. after the seventh day they sent helicopters out and there was nothing to see everything was completely under the snow mm-hmm. Yeah, like you couldn't you could, see a roof line, or you couldn't you couldn't yeah. tell where the town was because the entire yeah. town was under snow. Well, and that much snow yeah. on your roof, especially a roof that wasn't made for snow. Oh, like the I mean, there probably weren't any roofs left. Yeah, I mean that's that's too much yeah. weight on a roof. I didn't and think about I that. I think there's not very much information about this. Like, um, Jayma mentioned earlier, the Wikipedia. <laughs> Uh, page is pretty short um <laughs> yeah and you can find stuff outside of wikipedia too i did um quite a bit of this was on mentalfloss.com but i also the new york times had i went back and read their articles from the 70s when it was happening mm-hmm. but there just mm-hmm. wasn't that much information getting mm-hmm. out and so mm-hmm. like i want i want to read a book about like what it was actually like mm-hmm. even if it was a fictional book you know like because there are a lot of different challenges the cold lack of heat crushing pressure from the Mm -hmm. snow where people running out of air if you're under the snow like i can't i'm not quite sure and there's no there's no stories about that anywhere there's no no one's written a book i thought caitlin you could use your iranian your persian connections (laughs) to get someone to start a book on this because i I would read it i went i went to amazon and there was nothing Hmm. yeah definitely as you were talking, I was like, I cannot wait to ask this and see either if they were in Iran or if they potentially had relative. I know for sure they had relatives who lived in Iran in 1972. So I will follow up and see if I can at least contribute a little bit of information either on the Facebook page or um, something along those lines. Because this is this is fascinating. Like it makes sense that not a lot of information came out of that country at that time. Um, just there, there, I don't know the details, but it, it just seems like a country where in, information was not shared uh, very um, widespread or, you know, it was kind of a culture yeah. of um, mm-hmm. kind of not being allowed to, not a lot of freedom of speech and, and stuff like that. So anyway, this is really interesting. So go ahead. Sorry, tangent. No, that was fine. Um, let's see. On, I'm looking online. I'm not even seeing that many pictures of it. Um, no, I mean, I, know. I mean, well, the pictures that you do see of it are from like the edges of it, because right, not like the central part where it was really right. bad. And then, so. and then mm-hmm. it's just showing me other like this picture is clearly of New York. It's not this one is it, it's just yeah. pulling up some pictures that's of the blizzard. Photo but but I'm like that's not, that's not the blizzard I'm asking about. Yeah. Like, I mean, some of these probably are, but some of them are just pictures from articles about the worst blizzards, you know, in the world. Yes. And yeah. So For it's sure. giving me a picture, but it's not of the you know of the blizzard it's just yeah there it's kind of a not a lot of information i know it's and it's such a fascinating story to me especially because it like it's just impossible for me to wrap my mind around i really wish there were photos mm-hmm. um or personal stories which you know most disasters you get a few survivors mm-hmm. stories but there's not a single one mm. that i had could find access to 
So let me talk about um, the, uh, there was a rescue mission that was sent out on February 9th after the storm broke. There was about a 24-hour break in the storm. Um, so they sent choppers out to find the villages, but they couldn't see anything, like I said. Um, they did drop people down, rescuers down to dig. Um, and they did manage to dig out a few towns, not like completely dig out the town, but dig right. down in order to get to the town. But they, they didn't find any survivors. Um, I mean, from what I read, I didn't hear that they found a single survivor. But. Uh, and if they did, they didn't write about it or tell anyone or tell the New York Times. Mm -hmm. um, what they ended up doing, because it started to snow really hard again after that, it, this, the blizzard was sort of over, but this was like maybe a secondary snow event that was moving in right behind it. Not anywhere near as bad. Mm -hmm. um, but the, the choppers had to go back to base or whatever. So they left two tons of bread and dates scattered about in in the rural areas just like on top of the snow mm. huh. and that was just in the hopes that if people did manage to tunnel out uh, then they would have some food to eat because you know tunneling out you're still outside exposed in negative 13 degree weather with no food or heat so that wasn't exactly going to save your life if you could get out of the snow uh -huh. so anyway they, they they dropped down this food and fruit uh in boxes of course not just like sure. spread, spread sure. about but um uh, it's not. It's believed that no, that very few, if any, uh, actually made it out and to to make use of that food that was yeah. left. And that's it. That's all we know. Huh. That's the end of the story. Whoa, that, Isn't that insane. Yeah. I have that's many insane. more questions. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. I mean, it, it makes. I know. What are your questions? It makes for a really good calamity because it is so massive but what we do on this podcast is we dive into the details and there's no details <laughs> so. no i know uh, i know okay well, so i yeah i have one question Jill, um that maybe you can answer um i know that it's fairly common for in a case of a natural disaster say there was an earthquake in some country in asia or something we the u.s we would say okay like let's go help them like we'll send either supplies or maybe some volunteers or something and i, I use the u.s as an example but countries all over will will essentially like when a um, natural disaster strikes people bond countries bond together and they volunteer and they say what can we give you and then the country says give us x y and z we need help in these areas um in all of your that offered to Iran, did they accept, did they decline or um, because obviously they sent choppers out and it sounds like the, the country itself tried very hard to do rescue work, but was there any other countries involved? I don't know is the short answer, but the longer answer <laughs> is um, normally if it had, if that kind of thing had happened and other countries had been involved, then that would have been noted in the story. And we would have mm -hmm. had more details from the, cause then the, the rescuers or the, you know, whatever the volunteers going in, or maybe it was, it was military force or whatever, they would come back with stories and there aren't. Uh -huh. any. So um, I don't know what our relationship with Iran was in 1972, but I, I got the feeling that they were pretty isolationist and they just handled it themselves. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. their surrounding countries, Iraq, maybe, or, um, 
or one of the other smaller countries that's to the east was helping out but i don't there's no mm-hmm. n- note of that anywhere. yeah it's weird no I'm, documentation I'm at, yeah. I, I just went to like the just the general iran wikipedia page just to see the timeline of what was going on you know because this is before the 79 mm-hmm. uh revolution but yeah. like it just it has a little pair well, a little section on a couple different leaders between 51 and 78 but i mean it doesn't even mention i'm not seeing anything in here that even mentions this horrible horrible thing um like it's like crazy. it's not I mean, part I of think... their yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe because it mostly affected rural areas, and there was no one left to tell the story. It didn't. It didn't become part of the national mm-hmm. consciousness or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I mean, um, another question I had was, where is the capital Teher- Tehran in relation to uh, the worst? struck areas like was it in the middle of the crisis or was it on uh in that one squad uh quadrant that you mentioned that was like unaffected no it's in the it's in the quadrant that was affected it's it's Hmm. uh, it's because it's north it's kind of to the north it's right below the cat it's not on the Mm -hmm. the i don't want to say coast but it's not on the the shore of the caspian but but it is it's Hmm. near there um but there's a more northern area up near Azerbaijan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, when I ask is because Jillian was talking about what we know of the rescue efforts in rural areas and um, that that's where most of the fatalities were. But uh, the fact that it hit, it struck and completely viewed the capital city. And you'd think that there'd be some, some good stories at least coming out from, from that very populated area. And it's, it's kind of, adds to the mystery of well even if the capital was affected how on earth did we not know anything <laughs> so it's crazy yeah, that is really well strange. that's on you as our <laughs> as our uh, resident journalist and uh, persian expert to uh or persian, <laughs> persian liaison i, I should was gonna say. say ambassador yeah <laughs> persian ambassador liaison uh we yeah that's for you to follow up on caitlin all right i will take you up on that quite seriously i'll see what i can do no it'd be interesting (laughs) to learn more that's well um actually i have a little more to tell you because i was i knew this would be short because there wasn't enough information so i thought well what's the second most deadly and third and you know i kind of was going down the list to see what else was on there Mm -hmm. um so i am going to tell you about the second most deadly uh blizzard in the history of the world as well um okay i was gonna go to three or four but honestly three is a really good story and four is a really good story with lots of information so those are gonna have to be their own episodes some other time but i will do the second one because it's just like this it's also in the middle Hmm. east and there's also very little information Hmm. um the second most deadly snowstorm was in 2008 in afghanistan oh i just saw and it really it took the lives of 926 people so Iran had four thousand dead. Dead. This one was almost a thousand. And this has e- so this was in two thousand eight, and it has an even shorter yes. Wikipedia page than than the other one. That's insane. Well, wow. we should get more information about this one too. But uh, January tenth was the day it happened in two thousand eight. Um, the temperatures in Afghanistan fell. Oh, and I, I should say Afghanistan again. It's a sort of a mountainous country. There has mountains and 
remote villages in the mountains were the hardest hit mm-hmm. by this situation. Um, but they do get snow. Uh, so this was just a, a, the amount of snow and the low temperatures is kind of what combined to make this so deadly. Mm. Um, temperatures fell to a low of, uh, let's see, it said negative 30 Celsius, which I looked up and it was 22 degrees, negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, and then it fell uh, 70 inches of snow. That's almost six feet. Wow. That uh, fell. Um, and, and it sounds like that's a one, like a one day thing. It was just like a flash yeah. storm as opposed to a yeah. week long blizzard. Yes. But the people, a lot of the people affected lived in right. what was maybe more hut than house. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. um, so they, there was a lot of snow exposure. Like that's kind of the, the headline of this particular disaster is after it was over, there was um, a need for a bunch of medical people to come in and do frostbite amputations. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. they, they amputated hundreds of fingers and toes uh, from the survivors, mm-hmm. um, which is grisly, mm-hmm. but... It's interesting too, because yeah, if you didn't have the right clothing for that weather, um, even if it was just a day in the snow with negative 22 degrees temperatures, you don't have a nice warm hut to get into that can withstand the snow, you're going to get frostbite. So that's the main thing. I mean, they did, we did have um, uh, rescue efforts. I think we participated in that to a certain extent, or at least through the United Nations or through some, some, uh, uh, aid organizations we did participate in that a little bit it sounds like there was also the only- a lot of um loss of like cattle and yeah yes. sheep and goats it says so i was gonna say the only other thing that's noted yeah is that about a hundred thousand sheep and goats died and three hundred fifteen thousand cattle so wow um, that's a ton yeah well i think that's that was the mainstay of that region was to be right. it was like a livestock right the more a livestock remote. type area mm-hmm. i mean i'm sure animals died in the iranian uh disaster as well it just wasn't noted anywhere mm-hmm. but yeah i'd say at least half of the resource talks about <laughs> the cattle and cows that died wow uh hmm. or at least a third of it so that's the second one again not very much information but um, it's just real interesting that they both were so close together. Iran and Afghanistan are um, neighboring yeah. countries. Um, I mean, it happened, what, 40 years apart? Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. but still, well, I will say, I mean, we were all around in 2008. I have no mm-hmm. memory of this no. whatsoever. I mean, I went Me back either. and read, read the articles um, that were in, like, again, the New York Times and stuff, and it was just a short little blurb about what had happened and maybe a follow-up article the next day. And that was it. So sure. not very much info. Um, I hope that's not too disappointing, but uh, I just find these two stories really yeah, interesting. No, that's uh, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It is. And it's disappointing that, I mean, maybe partly it's our own fault for, you know individually like we just aren't paying enough attention to the rest of the world but i also feel like was the media looking at that like it's just it's just shocking that no one has done any in-depth reporting there's not even a book on it and i know like where's the where's the follow-up yeah, even yeah years later mm-hmm. 
Well, I'm just saying it's ripe for the picking. Someone should get on some writer, mm-hmm. <laughs> some <laughs> intrepid investigator, uh, investigative journalist should get on this. I yeah, promise in we'll- advance I will purchase and read the book. <laughs> I will put and it then in. We'll do a proper ad- podcast on it. <laughs> That's right. Then we'll come. Re- we'll do a redo. Oh. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I, like I said, the third biggest blizzard uh, is usually considered one that happened in New York, mm-hmm. um, actually during our lifetime. But there are some really good stories that came out of that. So. Um, I could tell a nice long podcast about that story. So we'll save that for another day. And uh, um, yeah, most of the rest of the snowstorms, it seems like they're U.S. based. And I think it's partly because we're so focused on ourselves (laughs) and so Mm -hmm. many of so much of the Internet that is accessible to me is focused on ourselves. Mm -hmm. Um, But these two are definitely undeniably much worse than anything that ever happened in the united states as far as death rates from blizzards yeah wow well there you have it fascinating that's our calamity fascinating yeah yep fascinating and very very calamitous so well i was thinking about like what lessons could we learn from this or like how to be prepared and it's like well i guess like expect the unexpected i don't i don't know yeah you know, yeah like, right my, i live in a my, place where i'm used to certain kinds of disasters but not others um you know not likely to get a, a tornado here but it could happen i guess take so, take some lessons from the preppers right <laughs> yeah oh how without losing your right, mind right without diving in too deep yeah yeah, I think my takeaway is to go buy a snow shovel. Um, I don't. That's right. Don't know what know. else there is. Yeah, in Hawaii, in Hawaii, they're probably called mudslide shovels, Caitlin, <laughs> or or like ash <laughs> ash shovels, maybe. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. for the next eruption. <laughs> yeah, they probably don't have one of those. snow shovels, but interesting all right joe well thank you so much for telling the story that was awesome we appreciate it and to all of our listeners thank you for listening thanks guys bye we hope you enjoyed the episode before we go we want to leave you with a few ways to keep in touch first of all we hope you'll subscribe to our podcast and rate it and tell your friends so that other people can discover our content But if you want to give more feedback or send us topics, suggestions, here's how you can keep in touch. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can email us at calamitypodcast at yahoo.com. You can visit our website at calamitypodcast.com. And you can support this awesome project on Patreon. We hope to hear from you soon.